we talked about having a holy heart. We talked about the possibility of the experience in this life. And we talked about living that life of holiness. And this morning, we want to talk about holiness and development. In other words, holiness can expand and can grow. Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. God's Resistance is local in Wilkes-Barre in the Wyoming Valley and spreading elsewhere. If you need someone to talk to or pray with and are interested in joining a small group to help you live as a disciple of Christ, then stay tuned for contact info. My name is Eric Samborski, and I want to thank you for tuning into God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. If you miss the radio program, then look for the God's Resistance podcast on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube at 9 a.m. every Sunday where these are uploaded, and you'll find other content on there as well. You can find us at godsresistance.com or, uh, and on Facebook, Gab, Gab TV, and YouTube at God's Resistance, spelled G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure to like, follow, and turn on notifications for helpful spiritual content. You will find us out in the public square, uh, April the 13th at 6.30 p.m. That is a Wednesday night. We are changing from meeting every Sunday morning to Wednesday night, Lord willing, 6.30 p.m. in the public square for preaching out on the street. And uh, you can come there and be a part of that. Um, but in the meantime, we're meeting in homes. And if that is something that you would like to do to um, have disciple uh, times, looking into the Bible together, praying together, um, then please call us or contact us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call or text at 570-362-7782. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. This morning, we are going to be talking about holiness and development. So sometimes people think that with holiness, when you get there, then you've got there. But holiness is not only a reality in the heart, but it is a, an ongoing truth and reality that can expand. So then I would ask the question, how important is growth in the Christian life? I think most of us would, would say, I, I think it's, it's pretty important. But let's move on here in this idea of growth. So when does the Christian grow? I think, I think most Christians would say we need to grow and we would realize that that is in fact what happens. But when does the Christian grow? After conversion or after entire sanctification or both? What's, what's the answer to this question? Well, this answer is that it's not so exclusive. It's not one or the other. It is part and parcel of the entire Christian life. The New Testament has many examples of stalwart men of the faith. Compare the men of the New Testament to the men of this present age. There's some there, there's a drastic difference between the uh, stock of people in our present day and the apostolic faith. A drastic difference. So what are we like at this present time? Are we like the apostles? And I'm not talking about just an emotional kind of situation and 
loads of people being converted and all that, that, though that would be wonderful. What I'm saying is, do we share the same spirit? Do we have the same devotion to God? Are we holy as they are holy? What are we like in this present time? Well, if you think about the apostles when they were walking with Jesus, there was all these bickering troubles that they had back and forth with one another, and Jesus oftentimes had to correct them. But then there was a Pentecostal experience that we read about. And that Pentecostal experience was, as Jesus said, tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power or dunamis, where we get the word dynamite, from on high. So when after somebody is saved, they do start growth, but there is a bit of a trouble with the internal indwelling sin that that growth is oftentimes strangled, much like a vine that would wrap around a tree and kind of strangle the tree out so the tree can't grow as it should. But after the experience of Pentecost, after you are baptized in the Spirit or filled with the Holy Ghost or or, um, sanctified holy entirely, there is a rapid, steady, strong growth. And that rapid, steady, strong growth is not something fickle, but something that can be built upon in your own life or in the lives of other people. So we can have this rapid, steady, and strong growth. And when we think about something like an oak tree, an oak tree, it seems like it takes forever for for trees to grow, really, right? And then when you look at some mighty oak that's probably about 24 inches in diameter, you think to yourself, wow. But you know, that took a long time. But it was a steady and a strong growth. There's rapidness in it. When you think about when a seed first sprouts, you know, that stage of growth is often pretty rapid, but then it starts to slow down and become steady and strong. Nevertheless, things are always growing. Um, Perfection or sanctification, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but there's one element of, there's a whole camp of people that say we need to be filled with the spirit of God and they want the power, but they deny the purity. It's both. We need to have purity and power. So when I say perfection or sanctification, I'm dealing with the purity aspect of this experience that God will give to us, a work of grace in the heart. So perfection or sanctification is a requirement for the best growth in the Christian life. Let us therefore, Philippians 3.15, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. So he says, let's be perfect, as many as be perfect. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect. So there were some people that had Christian perfection there at Philippi, whom Paul was speaking with or writing to. And he said, those people be minded like this. You've given everything over for Christ. You're pressing to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And if in any way you are, in, you are otherwise minded and it's not as you thought inside of your own heart, then God will reveal even this unto you. Doesn't that speak of the aspect of growth? It speaks about somebody whose heart quality is perfected through the love of God, through the work of God in the soul, meaning that there's no ill in in their motive, but they are, so they're perfect in that sense, but they have room to grow, to expand. And God, we're we're told, if we are just, if, if our heart is always depressed to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, then we're told, that in that, we can then have God reveal to us anything that we don't currently understand, and we can take a step higher. 
You know, we can grow, we can expand, we can be more mature in the in the Christian life. Uh, then let's look at Ephesians 4.15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So what's the context here? Uh, for the perfecting of the saints, we read Ephesians 4.12 through 14 gives us context. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So first, there is perfecting. Second, a perfect man. And thirdly, an established man. So speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. There is this process of perfecting. There is a time when one is perfected unto a perfect man. And then from that point, we are established in doctrine. We're established in truth. We're not tossed to and fro anymore. So growth is very desirable. What are some areas of growth, perhaps, that we should uh, pay attention to in this Christian life, in this life of holiness? What are the areas of growth? Well, we think of first grace, a growth in grace. Probably we should define grace, but let's look at 2 Peter 3.18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. So this second epistle of Peter, um, he says, Beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. So they already had pure minds, he says. He's stirring up their pure minds by way of remembrance. And he's saying to them to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. So what is grace? Grace is not just unmerited favor. It is the power of God to transform our lives, to keep us. It is his own presence. It is his grace that helps us to live a holy life. It is the empowerment of God to live like Christ on this earth. And so we're said we can grow in grace more and more, allowing the grace of God to leaven every portion of our being, not necessarily overcoming wickedness at this time, because that is the negative aspect. When God does this work in our heart and cleanses our heart from inbred sin and cleanses us from all sin, then there's the positive aspect of leavening the whole and filling that which has been cleaned with himself. And this is the growing in grace that we have to talk about next. Another portion or thing that we can grow in is knowledge. You and I need to grow in knowledge, Proverbs 4.18. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. So that light, the path of the just, a person who's just, who's righteous, who is right before God, it says that their pathway has light shining on it. It's the, the, and that light shines more and more, and that light is knowledge. Often we see that picture, light being knowledge, spiritual knowledge throughout the scripture. We need to grow in our knowledge, not, not just in our head, but in our heart, our spiritual knowledge, our understanding of God, our understanding of doctrine, but our understanding of the person of God who gave us this doctrine. We are growing in knowledge, and we need to. We need to be intentional about that. That's why it's so important for us to read our Bible and to make that a priority. 
uh, I have here again, another verse, but growing in grace, which we had just looked at before and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we need to grow in grace and we need to grow in knowledge. Also, there's a room for growth in fellowship and personal contact with Christ. How do you know somebody unless I've spent time with them? How, how can I share the heart of somebody without spending time with them? The more I start to spend time with somebody, the more I understand the way they think, I understand the things that they love, the things that they hate. And if I love them, then I adapt myself uh, you know, to some of their desires and things because I love them. I want to show them deference. It's the same with our devotion to Christ, except much more. We need to grow in fellowship and personal contact with Christ, Ephesians 4, 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We're growing up into him. We're said in the scriptures that you and I are lively stones. We are habitation um, that God... We are lively stones built as a habitation of God through the spirit. And then he takes his church and he builds his church up more and more. And our growing is growing up into him, the head and us, the body. So we need to grow in our knowledge and fellowship with Christ. We need to spend time praying and talking to him and then allowing him to talk to us through his word. Second Corinthians 3.18. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So when we have an open face and we're, we're not hiding anything, our conscience is clear. We've laid everything bare out before God and we're looking up into his face. We're told that at that point, we're changed from glory into glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So it's like, I'm becoming what I'm looking at. I'm becoming more like Christ as I looked to him, as I fellowship with him, as I spend time in his presence, as I get to know him, I become more like him, which is the desire of every true Christian. We want to be more like Jesus. We want to, we want to take hold with both hands, the fullness of his redemption. We want to prove what is that good and acceptable will of God in this present life and to the wicked world around us. <clears throat> also, we need to grow in steadfastness. So we look in Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Sounds like if this were to be the case, we would be a steadfast people, strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And we're told what that kind of looks like. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. There it is. Unmovable. There it is. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain, in the Lord. So he wants us to become steadfast and unmovable in him, in his victory. And us, we're sharing in his victory as we grow in steadfastness in him. So when we first come to Christ, we may find that our legs wobble a little bit. We feel like the, the, the opposition that we face when we first come to Christ is almost too overwhelming. We think, Lord, I don't know. I, I need your help. It, it seems all too, altogether too much but we grow in a steadfastness. It's, it's much like 
I, I remember I, working for my father when I was younger, I would pick up a rake and I'd start raking the ground. And I would realize after a little while how my hands got raw and they hurt and I'd get blisters on my hand. And I remember my dad telling me, you know, after you do this for a while, it doesn't hurt so bad. You develop calluses so that then I could be steadfast and raking without being hurt so easily. It's the same when we're walking with Jesus. Those initial battles and things that we fight, they kind of wound us, but then it toughens us up. We become steadfastness and there's no way for that to happen except through time. In case you've just tuned in, you are listening to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. Visit and like our social media accounts with Facebook, Twitter, Gab, Gab TV, and YouTube. Visit our website at www.godsresistance.com and contact us by email at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. Another area of growth that we need to face as Christians is faith. Mind you, I want to say from the beginning, remember how I said, do we grow before conversion, after conversion? Do we grow after we're entirely sanctified or is it both? Growth is normal throughout the Christian life. It should happen from the very beginning all the way to the very end. However, after we are sanctified holy and God removes the corruption out of us and then replaces that corruption with a cleansed heart with himself, then our growth can be far more rapid and without hindrance. Even though we were growing before, it was like we were growing in a diseased state. And after he heals the disease, we grow more fully and rapidly than we had before. And I think I mentioned that, but it's worth noting again. So here we need to grow also in faith. So we progress to new levels of faith. So obviously we entered into this Christian life, excuse me, we entered into this Christian life through faith, but there are things that God wants us to do. So there's faith to enter into the Christian life. There's faith that we're kept by the power of God through faith, but then there's faith for certain works that he would have us to do. One really great example uh, of that is George Mueller. He was a great example of that. My faith, he said, is the same kind of faith that all of God's children have had. It is the same kind that Simon Peter had and all Christians may obtain the like faith. My faith is their faith. Though there may be more of it, because my faith has been a little more developed by exercise than theirs, but their faith is precisely the faith I exercise. Only with regard to degree, mine may be more strongly exercised. So every one of us is a Christian. We have faith. Faith, you know, some people would say faith is a gift. Um, yes, in some sense, but faith is, is an action of the heart. Faith is me trusting in God, putting my trust in him. Faith is not some kind of an object I can hold with my hands and examine and say, do I have faith or don't I? Because faith is an action. It's a choice of the will. And so he's saying, everybody has faith. His has grown because of his exercise and use of it. And so may that be for us. We need to grow in faith. We need to use the faith that we have. And I remember reading about this with George Mueller. He said it used to be hard for him to trust God for a dollar. And he said, now it's very easy. And I find it, it's a little more challenged trusting him with millions, you know? And God has stretched him for all that time. And what an example of faith 
through George Mueller. Also, we have there's conflict uh, against the foes of faith. That helps us as people are attacking this faith that you and I have, attacking our faith in God and the enemy doing it himself, the devil himself doing that to us or through people, our faith grows through the trials and through the difficulties. 1 Timothy 6.12, we're told to fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So there is a fight to grow in faith. There's a fight to grow in any regard because anything that grows has to wrestle against the elements around it. Excuse me. Think about it, even with a human being, we're wrestling against diseases and sickness that would threaten to uh, infect us or undo us. We're wrestling against the forces of gravity, harsh winters, uh, hot summers. And it's the same when you look at plants, drought, all that. Though They fight and they grow through the fight. And you and I need to do the same thing. We're told that we're to fight the good fight of faith. May God help us in that way. And partly we can do that by just saturating ourselves with God's word. Uh, I, remember, I remember it was Charles Spurgeon said something to the effect of, if it weren't for the Old Testament, there was no way he'd be able to make it through the spiritual battles he went to. But in there, he found comfort and strength. He found the God that helped his people in times past and could trust in God through the battles he had to face. So now we want to talk about the objectives of growth. What's the point, obviously? Um, what are what are we getting after in growth? What what does it do for me if I were to grow? Well, the objectives of growth we find in Philippians three nine through twelve. We said and we hear and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him. Here it is, and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, that is, attaining the resurrection of the dead, either were already perfect, that is, my glorified state, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend or take hold that for which I am apprehended or taken hold of by Christ. So what are the objectives here? What is being brought out here? To be found in Christ. This is important. This is why we must grow. To be found in Christ. To not have, not be found having our own righteousness, uh, but having the righteousness of God through faith in Christ. Also, the knowledge of Christ personally, that's an objective of growth. Four, the knowledge of the power of his resurrection in our life. Five, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death. And that is, we will suffer with him here on earth. And we find that we are yoked up so closely to Christ through our sufferings, you will find that there are depths of Christ that you will experience through your trials and sufferings that you would never be able to experience in any other way. And we're told that it's a fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death. In other words, we're dying to our own will and right and way. We're dying to all of that. And we have just yoked up with Christ and we're going to go through his will, through his way. We're going to walk that road with him and go through a Gethsemane with him. We're going to be in fellowship with his suffering. And the ultimate goal is the goal of resurrection, to attain to the resurrection of life and then apprehending. This means that you and I are to take hold. And we're told in this scripture, we're to take hold of what Christ took hold of us for. In other words, Jesus purchased us to make us holy people that would shine forth the light of Jesus Christ, 
that would show the world the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We'd be living and walking epistles. We're to take full hold of what Christ took hold of us for, what he purchased on the cross for us. We're not to take some of it, but all of it. That's the point of growth or the objective of growth. So then what are the requirements for growth? And this is based on a book by um, Guy Pierce that I have in my library, Thoughts on Holiness. I wish I, I had looked at this a little bit more before starting this as to give you a little bit of a something about the man, but we'll just have to move on. Um, so first, all life has certain wants, spiritual as well as physical. Uh, one, we have air. We need to breathe. That's, that sustains life. Uh, compare the diver who keeps air to breathe by connection with the atmosphere above. So he needs that lifeline that is inside uh, that going into a tank and it's giving him air. Now, nowadays we have air tanks you can put on our back, but before it used to be a, a tube that would go up and you'd be in a special suit underneath so that you could breathe. He needs that air in order to breathe. He can't grow. He can't sustain without air. <clears throat> the word for the spirit in Greek is pneuma. So the Holy Ghost is our air. We are in need of air. Our connection to the spirit as humans is our very life. If we don't have the spirit of God, we don't have the, the breath of God's air inside of our being, we will die, uh, spiritually speaking. Also, food is sustenance for this life that you and I are in. We look in Psalm 23, 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. We look in Acts 20, 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So grace is our spiritual food. We're in daily and constant need of grace. That is our spiritual food. Then warmth. We need warmth. If our body temperature goes too low, we're in trouble. Uh, Luke 4, 24, 32, and they said unto one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? So how does this verse show how these disciples grew? Well, it shows that they grew in knowledge and that they grew in devotion. This is this, did not our heart burn with us as he talked with us by the way? Knowledge and devotion, we need to grow in that. Also light is uh, ways in which we can grow in grace. And I remember saying before, light is knowledge. 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. We need to walk in the light God is casting on our pathway and that's the knowledge of his will and way. Also, rest is very important to us to be able to grow. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Uh, we need to rest. We need to rest in Christ, in his power, in his grace, and he will, uh, he will rejuvenate us. He'll make us to be in a state where we can grow. Uh, six, we need exer to exercise and, uh, exercise and fellowship our other necessities. They are indicated in 1 John 1, 7, given before, to walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. We need that. Also, so walking, walking uh, illustrates our active obedience in God. Fellowship is our one heart and our, and our mind. Uh, and these are helps to growth. So ways that spiritual growth and development come about, they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. So trust is one. 
But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So waiting helps us to realize patience and to serve like a waiter. We're not just bringing things people don't want. We are alert and alive to what their needs may be and trying to be available for them to fulfill those needs. But we all, with open face, beholding, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 3.18. So beholding Christ leads to continued change from glory to glory in his image, a personal love and adoration to the living person of Christ. Also, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds, Hebrews 12.3. We remember the life Christ lived, and we need to consider that in order to continue to grow now. And then, but ye beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life, Jude 20 through 21. So we need to build on the solid foundation. So all the beauties of Christ-like character, we need spiritual prayer. We need to keep the flame of love toward God burning, continually stoking the fire. We need to look for his mercy. So we need that for when we fall short. And as a general practice, just appropriating his goodness and benevolence to us. Now, where are you, dear listener, in all this? Are you growing? Have you entered that experience with God? If you have, you need to continue to grow and not give up and walk in this dynamic walk. But above all, join the resistance, God's resistance. Thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Share Alike 4.0 International Creative Commons License. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.